Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us today. Well, we just had our uh, first ever online uh, conference with Rocks and Stocks News. One of the sponsors of that conference, which you can find at um, Rocks and Stocks News slash events, one of the sponsors was Sokeman Minerals. And we did a quite a thorough dig deeper into the uh, story of Sokeman. But then uh, our friend Tim went and made some good news uh, a couple of days after the uh, conference was out. So I had to have him back on. He's a friend of the show. Tim, thank you very much for joining me today. Glad to be back, Alan. This is getting to be a habit. Well, I like these habits when you deliver uh, headlines like uh, Sokeman cuts high-grade gold in step-out drilling at Moosehead Project, and that the highlight hole was 4.2 meters of 64 grams per ton gold, including 1.2 meters of 223 grams per ton gold at South Pond. That's some pretty bonanza looking stuff, Tim. Well, whoever said it, grade is king was certainly correct. And, you know, uh, grade means all the difference. And, and when you combine that, Alan, with the fact that, you know, this is only vertically 30 meters below surface. I mean, you know, you can practically go ahead and pick the stuff up, right? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing, really. Uh, and you know what? It's not the first time we've, we've had grades like this and in a different area than what people are used to us getting these types of grades in. I mean, the well, yeah, because most of your drilling to date has been up in the, uh, the North Pond and near the uh, resource. This stuff's, what, 750 meters away from that or so? It's not quite that far, Alan, maybe at the northern end of where we've drilled, but certainly from, say, the heart, if, if you want to call it that, of the, uh, of the mineralization, you know, at the, in the eastern trend and even off to the side, the western trend, and there is a link there. I'll get to that in a second. You know, we're probably 250 to 300, 350 meters uh, to the south of where, you know, um, we've been, you know, getting, you know, more of our intercepts like this. So this is a very welcome news. Uh, uh, again, it's follow up just to remind people, you know, these holes uh, in the South Pond area are following up on a, on a cluster of float uh, originally found by, uh, by prospectors working for Altius and Naranda back in the day. And we found uh, an additional cluster of higher grade boulders uh, over an ounce, uh, the material that uh, the historical boulders, we call them, you know, any, went anywhere from uh, two to, you know, maybe 15 grams. But I mean, we're, we're getting them a whole, a whole order of magnitude higher than that, you know, up to 157 grams in some of our float. Well, and that's a, that's a good sign. Dealing this thing, you know, in the underground now, right? So uh, it's, it's, a, it's real. It's not just a boulder that's traveled from, you know, God knows where, right, you know? <laughs> well, and um, in the famous words of one of my ge geologist mentors, he says, you know, usually how they, things look really good at surface and then you get deeper and they don't look as good. You guys have kind of flipped that scenario. You're getting better grades at depth than the sampling. So it's obviously a sign you guys had done some good sampling there and it wasn't high grade in the sample. Oh, and uh, you know, these, uh, you know, these systems, you know, they, they, they can be kind of variable in their grades, you know, in terms of the nugget effect, which you'll get, right? And, you know, sometimes that works in your favor and sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, you know, we, we've now gotten, you know, um, grades over an ounce consistently in, in boulders and now in the drilling. 
So, you know, to me, that's a pretty good indication that, you know, this is indeed a, a very good grade, uh, you know, vein, at, at least or part of the system sort of thing. And as I mentioned, there's a link to the Western trend in this. The modeling that that's now showing us is that the um, mineralization we're getting at South Pond is uh, very likely linked uh, on the same feature as the Western trend stuff, about 250, 240, 250 meters to the north. So uh, with only two historical drill holes um, in between that gap. I mean, you know, so and we'll be you, up there for a little while. On the map you shared with your news release, it looks like that west trend, there's a fault that goes through uh, the west trend and continues down to these south pond holes. Is that correct? Yes, yes. That will be the surface projection of that structure. So it's actually dipping a bit to the east. So it's actually going to the right-hand side of the page underneath the pond sort of thing. And, um, and the eastern trend is actually, if you can see enough of that, uh, you'll see the eastern trend structure is actually behind all of the holes we're drilling. So, you know, this is something else we got to look at now as well is what's back behind us, you know? So, I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot of drilling down in this South Pond area, you know, and, and not just on the one target. So it's, uh, it's quite exciting. And uh, it, so it... for now, rig one, will focus on the immediate South Pond area. We want to try and figure out what sort of a plunge or dip or rake this high grade uh, material has. So we'll be around there for a few weeks. We'll probably punch in six, eight, maybe 10 holes, depending on how things go. And then, uh, you know, maybe back it up and, and see if we can actually cut both of those trends uh, in a hole, you know, the east and the west with, oh. the, with the longer hole just step back behind us, right? So. Okay, and now I see the east trend you're talking about. That fault looks to be somewhat parallel to the western, uh, western trend fault. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. There's kind of an anastomosing series of, of, of structures there, uh, Alan, and, you know, it's kind of like a braided stream, you know, like they kind of go and they'll come close to one another and then they'll sort of spread apart sort of thing. So like a, like a network of veins sort of thing, but, you know, probably related at depth to, uh, you know, to, to one major, you know, uh, controlling well, they structure. They might come together as you get yes. deeper. Now, yes. Tim, is the belief that the plumbing system for the resource area and then the this new south pond stuff is the same plumbing system and does the rock look the same or what is that what can you tell me about it, that it's pretty much the same package of rocks and uh and just to caution everybody that we're not really in a resource sort of uh, mode yet we, we got to get a bunch more holes in but uh, eventually yes i mean there, there will be something done there uh but no the plumbing system seems very very strong and robust and uh you know, as long as the structure's there, there's there's no reason why we shouldn't expect to see uh, uh, these zones. Now, they could be, you know, a series of shoots or, you know, uh, certainly not one big plane, of course, just sitting in there. No, it's not that simple. Uh, I wish it was, but it's not. So, you know, uh, as we see at Fosterville, you know, I mean, you know, the Swan Zone is like 50 meters in strike length, you know, it, it's not huge, right? <laughs> but it goes to depth, right? So you got to figure out that plunge. And sometimes with a little complication, you know, it could waver to to the east in a dip and maybe back to the west. So it's going to take a little bit of meticulous drilling there. But, you know, we'll uh, we'll do our best to figure it out, Alan. You, you're telling me Fosterville only has a strike of 50 meters? How many ounces of gold are in that strike if you follow it down? Well, I don't think they know yet. I don't think they've cut it off, right? It's uh, It's one of these things. That's why it's called a shoot, right? Or like a rod, basically. 
it's like, uh, and, and it may, and who knows, it, the dimensions may have changed, but in the literature I read from a technical report, you know, that's on the, that's on file, uh, you know, the swan zone, 50 meters in strike length, four to 15 meters thick, but you know, it's the down plunge direction that gives them the tonnage, right? It's, it's not a million tons, but I mean, at the grade, there's a couple million ounces, right? So it's a jewelry box the whole way down. Yes, exactly. So one, the real key is to find that strike, find the dip, and keep following it to depth to find those jewelry boxes. Again, you know, I just want to reiterate how difficult these things are. I mean, Fosterville was a mine for how long? You know, before you know, it was just an average run-of-the-mill mine, and. Suddenly, this, like you called it, a jewelry box, which is exactly what it is, is somewhere in the heart of this system. So, you know, we know the Moosehead structure, you know, runs the length of the property. We have VG in our drilling and historic drilling over a two kilometer strike length, right? So, anywhere in there, and a lot of it is not really drilled off in any great detail, you know? So, anywhere in there, you could have many, you know, high grade shoots plunging off in maybe the same direction, maybe in different directions. I mean, look at our footwall splay. I mean, that's that's parallel to all of our previous drilling. I mean, we only got it kind of by accident, but I mean, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that. You need a bit of luck in this business from time to time, right? A so, lot of uh, luck. <laughs> so, you know, um, until you drill, you know, and drill enough holes, you know, uh, you never really know. <laughs> well, you know, it's not lost on me that you're talking about Fosterville. I mean, that's that's a spectacular mine. It 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 really made Kirkland Lake into the household name it is. And to have something that you can realistically talk about in the same context is not uh, not lost on me. Another thing that wasn't lost on me, Tim, is a lot of times when I see um, good drill results with Bonanza grades. There's a fair amount of smearing um, just off the top of my head. It looks like you probably had a, in addition to two meters of really sweet grade, you probably had residual grades that, you know, some people would be waving their arms and hands about. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. There was a, uh, a 1.2 meter um, uh, section of, of what we call our, our the strongest part of the veining. Uh, it was divided into two samples. One was, I think, uh, about 300 grams, and I think that was about three quarters of a meter of, you know. So, you know, there was some, uh, there was some, uh, a little bit of gold supporting it in, in the in the down in the down drop side, and then there was a couple of, you know, um, uh, anomalous samples, and then I think a half a couple of half gram samples above that. So, you know, it's it's pretty typical of what we see there. There's a, there's the structure there is four to five six meters wide. Sometimes it occurs as two or three discrete VG bearing veins. Sometimes it's one bigger one, but it, it's, you know, with those variabilities, it's the size and the tenor of the system that remains constant, right? So- Because you know, you're gonna mine that whole thing and that's exactly. not gonna be yeah. complete dilution, right? You're not gonna, you don't have a three quarter of a foot, uh, a high grade that you gotta spread out and do a lot of dilution to get to it. No, that's right. I mean, you know, this, this, the strongest part of that is that 1.2, and that's almost the the entire vein, right? Is, is that is that length, right? So, uh, 
And yeah, well, there, there was a couple of uh, pictures floating around, I think maybe on Twitter of, of some of that gold. So uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's there, you can see it, right? Yeah. So, you know. Jim, you're, you're really understating that. That was some beautiful looking rock you showed with some nice looking VG. And, you know, I, I gotta caution people because a lot of times when you see VG, it may not always show up in your assay results, but that was some spectacular looking rock that you share. What's your uh, Twitter handle? Is it at Sokeman Minerals? Doc? Is it at Sokeman Minerals? Geez, you know what? I, I, I don't know <laughs> what okay. it is because I, I don't do most or, or any of the uh, any of the Twitter work, right? That's the- okay. uh, For the Twitter people, just do a search for Sokeman and it'll come up there uh, and you scroll down and you'll see some Now, what I also noticed was it was uh, closely associated with some other minerals. It wasn't just in the quartz. Um, what was that other mineral that it seemed to be associated with? Well, where, the, where you saw the gold in that, almost like there was a little fold, you see that? You know, that's some of the stylolytic banding, right? That you see there. And, and basically those are pressure cracks that develop under stress in the quartz vein, and, and it's actually where the where the where the vein actually started to to uh, melt again, sort of thing. And and it's along these things that you get. Uh, oftentimes, you get uh, you know very very fine sulfides, pyrite, um, uh, belongerite, sometimes a little bit of arsenopyrite, and uh, and minerals like chlorite and sericite. So it's along those bands that you generally see see the gold. They almost occur like little droplets along those stylolites. And of right course, in. banding is also a very characteristic feature at, guess where? Just the S word. So now, when they were, I don't know how much you know about the exploration, is that, are those sulfides, are they helpful in targeting uh, to try to focus in on the high, highest grade, the bonanza stuff? Yes, well, there's a suite of there's a suite of sulfides that's definitely more strongly associated with uh, with the higher grade gold. Uh, Alan, that's a very good point. Like typically, if we get a vein that only has arsenopyrite and pyrite in it, you know, we can probably look at getting anywhere from well up to say uh, ten grams, sort of thing, right? Uh, you know, it's almost an order of magnitude lower than what we'd get if we had the magic package. Seems to be stalarite, belongerite. And a little bit of calcopyrite, sometimes a little bit of galena, but generally it's the uh, stalarite and the, and the belongerite, and of course pyrite. Pyrite's ubiquitous in these systems uh, that that you get your better grade. So yeah, so the zinc and the antimony are probably the key, the two most important uh, sort of um, pathfinder elements uh, outside of um, outside of gold itself, of course. You know. Okay, so I always try to be mindful of the fact, Tim, that we're trying to talk to investors here. So tell the folks a little bit about the, the how that, you know, the, the system brings those hotter fluids, they come with the sulfides, try to break it down into investors speak a little for, we were getting a little in the weeds on sulfides and, and mineral associated mineralization. Well, well, if I if I can, um, and if my uh, my my geology background is is, is strong enough, uh, let me see. Well, first of all, you need a structure, right? You know, you, you know, unless you're looking for placer gold in a gravel and because in a that that structure is the plumbing that is the pathway of least resistance for the fluids to come up. 
Absolutely. So you, so you need a structure first and preferably a deeper one because the deeper your structure goes, the more, the more rock basically you're tapping to get just particulate amounts of gold. I mean, you're talking PPB gold, but over a huge volume because it, it's a difficult concept for a lot of people to understand, even, even geologists, uh, you know, that, you know, fluids can move through a rock, but they do, you know, it's, it's just one of these forces of nature, you know, that, that creates these mineral deposits and, and, you know, over time and over many years and lots of pressure, uh, these fluids basically get focused up because that's just the natural way. It's almost like watching the water boiling in a pot, you know, the slow boil, that rolling boil, you know, and it all comes up to the surface, right? So, and if it gets to the surface, well, then, then you have an epithermal type deposit. These vein systems form at much deeper levels, right? Anywhere from, you know, a half a kilometer down to a few kilometers depth. So, you know, they stay capped, right? So they stay under pressure. And that's why sometimes you see a little bit of what they call the um, the buggy texture is where you get these little bursts of, of release, right? And it's kind of like opening a drink, you know, or a pop can, right? You know, psh, you know, everything everything sort of comes out, right? And things precipitate out. So, um, so yeah, so you need a structure, you need a plumbing system, right? You know, something to push that. You know, it could be a granite body or or something like that, or you know, uh, any type of intrusive. And, you know, you need source rocks are important as well. And some source rocks are more enriched in others than, than, than uh, in gold. So, you know, it's just a whole bunch. I mean, the form and ore body, I mean, you know, a lot of things has to, you know, has to fall into place for you, right? And another important factor is that those associated sulfides are indicative that you have a long lived system and that it's a deep source where that's all coming from. Is that correct? Uh, yes, and you know, uh, but again, it depends on your source rocks, right? I mean, all the metals come from you know somewhere deeper, right? You know, so and you know, it depends on what's in those rocks. If you have more mafic rocks, then you're going to get more copper and things like that in them. If if they're more felsic rocks, you're probably going to get more zinc and things like that. So it's uh, you know, it's all a very complicated process that's not often easy to explain, uh, other than with a good drill hole. <laughs> Well, sometimes I think that people, they, you know, they have a habit of, you know, not a lot of investors, sadly, in this space don't really know how to interpret what this all means. And, you know, you're a very well-trained and well-experienced geologist, and, you know, you're also the kind of guy that's not blowing smoke. And uh, to use the, 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 the reference to Fosterville, is not used lightly. Am I correct in that? Well, that's right. I mean, and, and, you know, it also pays, you know, in our careers, most geologists, you know, do travel around a bit, you know, we get a chance to work here and there and everything. It's kind of probably, I call it the best job in the world in my mind. I mean, you know, where else can you go stay at, you know, stay in nice places and eat lots of nice food and, and get paid while you're there sort of thing, right? You know, sort of thing. So, but, you know, uh, just, just, you know, going back to drilling and stuff, I mean, it's, it's, you know, you can't stress enough how important it is to, you know, really understand what it is you're looking for. Um, you know, and as I mentioned several times, uh, and even in press releases, you know, we drill for structure first, because unless you get a structure, you're probably not going to get any gold, right? So, and not every drill hole is going to give you, you know, bonanza grade or any grade for that matter. You know, there's, there's, there's Good holes and there's bad holes and there's intermediate holes, but you know. But even the bad holes, Tim, can only be inches. I mean, when you're talking about strike lengths of 50 to 100 meters, 
you could be inches off and a few inches more that way and you've got a jewelry box so you know that's one thing that i've really tried to stress to people when i talk about sokomen is that you guys are trying to understand the system and if you understand that system it's not going to take very long to add up a lot of ounces when you're talking about these grades no, and you know what, Alan, you just thank you for that, because uh, uh, early on in phase six, I think it was maybe our second hole, maybe our third hole, hole 100, maybe, or 110, um, you know, we, we, we hit, it was just sample after sample after sample, this huge long string, tens of meters of anomalous gold, what we call anomalous gold, you know, up to 100, 200, 300 ppb, and you know, to to investors, you know, that may sound like, you know, a dead hole or, or, or not much, but just to your point, right, you know, we could have maybe just missed a high grade shoot by a meter, you know, and the fact that there's smoke around there, and I even said this, I think, in the press release, an earlier press release, uh, that we're going to be back around there, right, because where there's smoke, there's fire, right, exactly. so, you know, and, and, you know, when you drill deeper holes, you know, you, you know, you have to keep in mind, of course, that, you know, it costs a bit of money to get down there. So, you know, we may back away from that area for a while until we kind of figure out things maybe a little further along to the south or to the north, right? It just helps us all put together. So, you know, and that's why sometimes companies sort of jump around, right? You know, when they drill in a target, they'll put a couple holes in and then they'll go somewhere else for a while. Well, you don't want to drill a hole where you don't want to drill a hole until you know that you don't need to drill that hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? that make any sense speaking so, of you know drilling let's so uh, the more information you have you know the smarter driller you are so you know and and sometimes it even means taking a break you know like take a week off you know send the drillers home you know whatever let's get our heads around this because i mean this, this is too important a story and, and too important to you know mess it up because people are going to think if we're not drilling you know we're we're giving up or whatever you know that, that's not the case you know you have well, to think about these things. And with the delay, in the, not the delay, but the normal, you know, the, the turnaround, and, and I, I dare say the word normal doesn't exist anymore, but, uh, you know, um, it takes a while sometimes, you know, to, to get your results. So you just have to stop, right? You know, you have to. Because you well, don't but, you know, go. Tim, there's one thing that I learned. I spent a lot of my career in diamond exploration, and there's one thing I learned. You find indicator minerals, they come from the same place as the diamonds. Yeah. You find diamonds, you have to do the right job to figure out what you've got because that's a special situation. And you don't want to screw up a special situation. I think you guys got one here. Let's quickly talk about your current drilling, what you've got in the lab, and then looking forward a little bit. Well, it's, uh, uh, let me see. We've now drilled in this program uh, and this is, of course, going back to 2020, phase six, I think 37 holes for just under 7,000 meters. Um, I would say we've got, uh, and without having the chart directly in front of me, uh, you know, there's certainly a number of holes outstanding, you know, in terms of, of where they are. Now, clearly, we prioritize things, you know, and, uh, you know, the, the assays we put out yesterday were, were rush priority. Uh, and, you know, um, you know, nice to do that for all of our samples but you know if everybody did it well then we would be right back to square one. First come first serve there's no one ahead of the line anymore so anyway but you know uh, 
uh, I, I've had to do the math, and what I'll do is I'll, uh, and I don't want to say I don't know because I'm not sure. This is different. Uh, and I'll let you know. And you Okay, can, so it's fair to say there's, there's holes pending. Yes. And you're currently drilling. Yes. And now you're getting more data to help focus your future drilling. Yes, and, and uh, just to remind people, of course, that uh, Rig 2 is now on board and is underway with its first exploration hole testing. Um, um, let's see, it's, it's, got, uh, it's hitting on all cylinders in terms of to check the boxes off of what you need. It's got uh, float, uh, high-grade float. It's got uh, good soil geochemistry. It's got our highest uh, uh, till geochemistry uh, and um, uh, a beautiful little structure sitting there on the mag saying something's gone kinky here. So when you see kinks in the mag, that generally says, you know, something's happens. And uh, so uh, that, that hole is probably going to take another week to finish. It's going probably a little deeper than, uh, than most of our holes. But uh, we did promise investors we'd be, you know, looking at this thing a little deeper uh, in phase six. And uh, now that we've got rig two, you know, uh, we can certainly start addressing some, some, some deeper shots at it. And, and again, drilling for structure first. <laughs> we got to get that structure. And if we're lucky, we'll get a good hit in the hole. But if not, well, we'll hopefully be able to work backwards, you know, and, and see where, uh, where maybe where we can focus to the, the, the hole for, for better success. But anyway, uh, structure first, you know. Got it. Thanks, Tim. I'm going to wrap it up here with a little bit of the uh, value proposition. Thank you again. And congrats for hitting some more high grade on your old boyhood fishing hole. Well, thank you, Alan. And uh, like I said, I'll... Uh, I'll I'll tally up what uh, what what we got outstanding, and I'll forward it off to you, and you can uh, uh, pass it around. Perfect. Thanks again, Tim. So, you know, folks, I always try to remember that I'm trying to talk to investors here, and what's most important. Tim talked a lot about what he's doing to unlock shareholder value and understand this project, but the big picture to me is that when he talks about Fosterville and that you're talking about Fosterville in the context of drill results. The truth machine is indicating that they're looking at something like Fosterville. The company still has a very modest valuation. And if they are, and that's a big if, of course, we need more of the truth machine to tell us we're going in the right direction. But if that continues to prove out, this valuation is minuscule relative to where they will be if it looks like they've tagged a Fosterville 2.0. So I highly recommend you look at this company, do your homework as always. My shows are for information purposes only, and it's really important for you to talk to your financial advisors and do your homework. I, I find that so many people look at these results and then they, then they look at the market. And if the market says it was good, then it's good. If they didn't, well, then it's not so good. But that's not the way to make money in this business. It's understanding value. It's understanding valuation relative to potential. And you gotta be careful about potential with a lot of companies because a lot of times it's simple arm waving that doesn't have any reality based on the truth machine. That's what Sokerman has. They're looking for another Fosterville 2.0. Do your homework and we'll keep uh, you informed on this story because Tim is a friend to the show and uh, we'll have more on Sokoman in the future. Stay tuned.